You're listening to the Gunslinger Podcast, a production of Flying Tom Studios. And now here's your hosts, the Apostle and Green River. Welcome, everyone, to episode number four of the Gunslinger Podcast. Episode four. I, you know, it. I can't believe it's four. Uh, it feels like about 30 to me. Right. feels like we've been doing this for two Our years or something lives. at this yeah. point. Yeah. And, uh, and, and there's probably some of you out there that are thinking, God, are they ever going to quit doing this? <laughs> you know, what else could, you know, are they going to talk about anything else? Do they well, have to do this every week? Yeah, we kind of do. Yeah. It's in our contract that we wrote ourselves for ourselves. For ourselves. That's right. Uh, welcome, everybody. We're going to get started with a few things. Uh, one thing we'd like to tell you is thank you to everyone who has been discussing things on our Facebook page. Yeah, we've had some great, great discussion on the page. A lot of discussion lately. Yeah. It's, it seems like it's kind of starting to take off, and thank you for helping it take off. It's been an exciting week. Uh, we had our face, our first Facebook sensor. That's right. Uh, yeah. That I'm quite was, proud of that. Uh, Lord Adolf Zuckerberg stepped in, <laughs> and uh, don't get me started, folks. Don't get me started. But, hey, uh, keep the discussion going. We appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also, you know, just... For any of you uh, that are on the page, you know, we always post the link to the podcast on the page. Uh, feel free to share that on your own personal page. Share that link. Uh, get the get the podcast out to people who maybe aren't listening to it yet that you know that are shooters. Send it to them in an email or a text or something like that. Get it out to everybody. Even maybe some people that aren't shooters may want to listen in. I don't really know why. We're not that entertaining, but they may. We're absolutely the most entertaining gunslinger podcast in podcasts that as we far as we know that we know of. Yeah. So hey, we've got that going for us. I feel yeah. like we're the most entertaining people in this room. Almost. Well. So here we are discussing emails and Facebooks and uh, on our radio style podcast uh, equipment here, and we're doing all this to discuss a way of life that happened in the eighteen hundreds. <laughs> makes sense kind doesn't of ironic it? <laughs> when you think about it that way but hey we're in 2023 folks so here we are in this newly newfangled iphone technology kind of world that we live in now where alec baldwin makes our westerns or at least gives it a shot pun intended instead of john wayne so that's where we're at now what i'd like to talk about today is fast draw culture Western culture, frontier type culture. How do we keep it relative now? How do we how do we look at this crowd? How do you how do we go to our living room television, turn it on and flip through the channels and see what is on there now? How do we go to our video game cases or our kids' video game kiss, uh, cases or our grandkids or great grandkids, depending on how old you might be, and look through the toys and things that they have? And how do we? How do we pass this romance on to them? It's funny. Just you're talking about this, and you said video game cases, and I mean that's really not even a thing anymore. You're behind yeah. on that. My son just recently got a, a PS5, and it is it is hard drive only. It won't. It doesn't even have a disc drive on it. 
on you the know, PS5, he, he, he downloads games. Back in my day, we had video <laughs> games that you had these little cartridges and you had to take them out every now and then and blow in them and then you had to put them in the Nintendo and push it in, down That's four right. or five times and then beat the hell out of the side. And that was only the ones that we had at home. I and mean, then it might work. Yeah, It might work. Yeah. You might get to play Super Mario Brothers 1 for five minutes before you get the <laughs> bars of death across that. Whatever. Uh, you know, we talked when we when we kind of started discussing starting this podcast and and uh, there games do play a part in it i think uh red dead redemption 2 uh was a huge huge game still huge it's been out for several years but i mean it was outlaw cowboy gunslinger i mean that's that's the game and and it it pushed that back into the forefront of our consciousness i believe you know i'm a nerdy guy uh shocker i know but my son really big into that game, and I he bought me a version of it, and I tried to play it in the living room, and I I just can't get the hang of it. Maybe someday I will, but I was impressed with not you know people talk about graphics and things in video games. What I was impressed with were the firearms and the detail of the firearms. You know, you, you know, hey, my character's got a Lamotte. How many of you know what that is? I mean, how many of you have one of those sitting around in your safe at home? I do, I, I do I, not. I was, horribly impressed with it and and not only rifles but the year the rifles were made and, and whatever so I, I mean, that was a genuine way to push this culture into these people i but it didn't really make anybody want to put this stuff on and go out and play cowboy yeah you know when it this this culture was really big and fast draw really kind of came around in the 50s and we're going to have some historians on within the next few weeks that are going to be able to give you knowledge that i'll never know but this culture largely comes out of the 50s and 60s and, and kind of grows from there. And this was from an era when you know, kids were still going out to play cowboys and Indians. Uh, right. Things of that sort. That's, that's what there were. It wasn't Marvel. It wasn't DC Comics. It wasn't Japanese animation. God help us all. Well, and even now, I don't, I don't know what I'm missing as far as entertainment. Um, I know my wife and I, we're, we're way behind. We just recently started watching Yellowstone. Uh, and there's certainly a cowboy element to Yellowstone. I don't know if you've watched it. I have not uh, watched one episode. But it but it's 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 a very modernized right version. Uh, they have a helicopter. You know, I mean that's that's pretty modernized. Sure. Um and so I don't know that that's necessarily pushing the culture that we're talking about in fast draw, but but that's almost the closest thing we have right now, I think, in modern entertainment. Well, and when you're when you're scrolling through your TV and and every other show on on your television is a reality show, none of which have anything to do with reality of any kind, but they're all titled as reality shows. It's 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 a harder sell. So so let's let's kind of dial back here to to old Western culture and things. So when the you know let's let's go back to the to the 30s and 40s into the 50s, in uh, you know, the cultures of of Roy Rogers and and Gene Autry and Gabby Hayes and so on and so forth and singing cowboys. So I think about myself and I think you know if the first westerns that I had been introduced to had been with some guy with a guitar singing to his singing to his best gal. Uh, about riding his horse or whatever that they were doing, I don't think this ever would have appealed to me. I don't think it. I don't think this ever would have reached me. But there was a generation that every movie had someone singing in it. Right. Uh, everything. I mean, it's just what you saw in this entertainment. So it wasn't as out of place as it would be now. 
the first time that I would have ever seen Clint Eastwood come out and and uh, have a duel with Angel Eyes and break out in song, I don't know that that would sit well with me, and I don't think it would work. I think Good and Bad and the Ugly might not have taken off if they had had a uh, Wizard of Oz-style song break in the middle <laughs> By of By golly, I would watch that. Well, I'd watch it once. <laughs> I'd watch it once. But the point I'm trying to make is, is the Western culture evolved. It, or it, it at least changed. Depends on who you ask whether it actually evolved or not. By the by, the 70s, by the late 60s into the 70s, you know, we had the spaghetti westerns. Everything had moved into Italy. A lot of the rural movies and things weren't quite what they used to be. So they had moved to Italy and started making a lot of these type of movies. And that's really, God, to, to this day, those are, those are my favorite. They were just great. They're dirty. Yeah. Just horribly dirty. And people got shot. That was fun to watch. Hmm? Uh, these these great gun duels and things. Nobody ever sang. And if they did, they probably got shot. It was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> I wish they'd shoot more people on TV now that were trying to sing. Yeah. But that's that's a different topic. And then you get into the 80s, uh, like the late 70s, early 80s. And they started doing a lot of these Louis L'Amour uh, made-for-TV movies, right. which are great. Sam Elliott, Tom Selleck kind of stuff. Lonesome started Dove. coming out. Lonesome Dove was yeah. oh my god, that was so ahead of its yeah, time. Absolutely. I wa- I rewatched that a few months ago and thought, my god, how did they get Blue Duck on TV in the eighties mm. and get away with that? That was so brutal. Yeah. It was wonderful. And then the nineties came along and we got we got uh, Tombstone, right? And Tombstone was unlike anything that had ever come before it. Uh, we also got Wyatt Earp. Like a year later, year before, I can't mm, quite remember. Right around they, the same time, yeah. They put out two White Earp movies right back to back, and they both blew the top off. Yeah, uh, and they were both. One was very historical. Well, one was closer to being historical. The other was a movie. Was a superhero movie, in my opinion, because that's Doc Holliday could have been an Avenger. Uh, in quite frankly, in either movie, but especially the Val Kilmer version of it, and I think that's. Kind of what they were going for. You, we we needed this superhero mentality because that's what the culture was growing into. And then by the end of the nineties, we're not really seeing legendary westerns anymore. Not that there weren't any made, but the amount had certainly reduced drastically. We we were into cop movies. We were into action movies. We were in superhero movies. Were starting to kind of dwindle out. The people's attention weren't limited to cowboys anymore. Well, but we can't just blame that on entertainment. I mean, it, the entertainment industry produces what sells. So is the bigger question, why are people not buying that culture anymore? Does no, it I, not appeal to us in 2023? I mean, obviously it appeals to us, but uh, you know, as a whole, does it not appeal to the U.S. anymore? Well, and I guess that's the great question that we have for you, the, the great listener today. So what has changed over the years? Why why is this culture not being more embraced by the masses? And the bigger question, the most important question, and I'll give you I'll give you my personal reason why, and then I'm wanting someone to argue with me on it. How do we bring this MTV reality show culture? too fast draw. How do we make them fall in love with this romantic era that we have fallen in love with? 
I greatly fear for our culture within 10 years. And any of you that know me have heard me say that, but I'll say it publicly on this podcast right now. I truly fear for our culture in 10 years. Uh, the ages of our of our shooters versus the amount of youth following us into this culture, I, I the numbers just don't, they don't look positive. So how can we make these numbers more positive? We'd love for you to tell us. Because we don't know. We don't have a clue. Yeah. We're making a podcast. We're blasting ourselves on the internet, but people are only going to want to listen to us for so long. Let's look at this as a plan of survival, folks. And not only as a plan of survival, but think of the joy that we take from this. Think of the memories that we've all made doing this. Think of the accomplishments that we that we have gained. The relationships, the camaraderie, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. The amount of people around the United States that my family could drive up to their house at any given time and knock on the door and be welcomed in. There was no other way that was going to happen. There's not many houses here where we live there are less, that would welcome you in. There are less houses here in the county I live in that would be welcoming to me uh, than well, outside of the county. They know you better, though. Well, that's you know that's neither here nor there. <laughs> that includes houses of worship. Yeah. I, well, that's, <laughs> boy, that would be a fun podcast if we get into that. Hey, listen, not everybody's been kicked out, but I have. <laughs> Tell us your thoughts, folks. Give us your give us your insight. How do we keep this culture not just alive, but how do we make it explode and grow into the romantic era that it was, that it could be? Let's let's not look backwards. Let's look forward and decide how we want to make it great once again. Give us your thoughts on that. All right, folks, moving on. We are here today to talk about Ohio Fast Draw Association, the OFDA. And with us today on the phone, we have Tony Wisen, the chairman of OFDA. <laughs> Sir, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you? Oh, doing well. I'm trying to figure out how all those people got in my house. But Tony, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us, uh, how did you get into Fast Draw? Uh, you sure. know, Pre-OFDA pre and then into OFDA. Or has OFDA sure. been always been the deal? Only OFDA. So, yeah, so a little bit about myself. Um, so I'm the current chairman of the OFDA. I am the president of the Buckeye Rangers Fast Draw Club. Um, and then outside of Fast Draw, I'm the vice president of a family-owned industrial sales company. And then I'm also the vice president of a family-owned distillery. Distillery, um, huh? And all that keeps you... Still, yeah. Well, you're you're talking to Kentucky folks, so we always have to we always cock our eyebrow up at people that say that. But Sounds like you're a busy guy, Tony. Yeah. So now, where I, I where just, are you yes. located? We are in Willoughby, Ohio, right up on Lake Erie. Okay. So yeah, with all that, it, it keeps you pretty busy. So yeah. Well, that, that's... we we interviewed some Great Lakes folks uh, last last week. week uh, yeah. Just d a different lake. So apparently, there's more than one. We can't see them from here, so we don't know. Yeah, and. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I got into Fast Draw. Uh, it's only been OFDA. Uh, back in 2013, I had a, a friend of mine who was living up here from Argentina, and he had found Fast Draw on the Internet, was interested, and then he found out there was a, a local club here in Willoughby. So he went, he signed up. He really liked it. So he stopped by to show me his new hobby. I thought, well, that's really cool. And they were actually doing a contest in the next city over in about a week after that. So I went and saw it. I was like, yeah, this is really cool. So I went to a practice and uh, signed up right after the first practice. And uh, about a month later, I did my first contest. And I was hooked. So I've been doing it since 2013. So tell us, what is OFDA? 
and run us through run us through a match run us through an ofda match so ofda is ohio fast draw association international uh it's founded in 1950 uh 50s and uh, then it became a nonprofit in the 60s. It expanded across the country and into Canada, and it was pretty big for a while. Um, and then uh, right now, the only active clubs are in Ohio. We, uh, we recently lost one in Georgia, and we had a club out in California that was active for a little bit. But now we're just, we're just in Ohio right now. Uh, so as far as a match goes, we um, after the pandemic, we went to a one-day match. We used to do a whole weekend. We went to one day to cut down on cost and hopefully try to draw some people in to just getting into the one day, try to save on hotels and travel and so forth. But basically, a match works out is, uh, you know, we do practice at 8 o'clock and uh, 9 o'clock, practice stops. We do our Pledge of Allegiance and we do our Sportsman's Prayer. And then at 9.30... You know, we start the match, and normally we start off with a thumbing contest, and we do, our distances are 5 foot, 6 foot, 8 foot, 10 foot, 12 foot, and 15 foot. So it'll be a combination of, of either a step back, step forward, or five shots at one of those distances. So we always start with thumbing. And it's two people on the line, and we, we go through go through that. We take a short break, and then we start the second contest, which is normally an open contest. So you can either do fanning or thumbing, same distances. And then you know, we'll switch the targets up. So we'll do, we can do Ohio Silhouette. We can do some round targets. Sometimes we'll do uh, balloon targets. So normally we'll go through that contest. We break for lunch, and then we go after lunch, we get into an Old West contest. Uh, Old West is uh, stock uh, revolvers and holsters that are all leather, no metal. So we do that contest, same distances, uh, similar targets. Then afterwards, you know, we add all the points up or all the times up and uh, in each of those contests, and then we do our awards. And that's basically a contest. Run us, now you, you mentioned a few different target varieties. Run us through the target varieties sure. that you shoot at. Sure. So we do an uh, Ohio Silhouette, and we do a, a blocker target. Uh, we do 14-inch square we can do a nine inch circle. We can do balloon head targets. And then we can also do some events we'll do blanks. So we'll do balloons and shoot blanks. And those are those are the, the usual ones. Now do you do you do all of these at every event or does the host pick what targets they're gonna use? The host gets to pick what targets they want to use. And they also then get to pick the distances that they want to have the contest at. Okay. So sure. everyone is a little different. For the people that haven't read your book, what is uh, the only one that really stuck out to me? What is an Ohio silhouette? An Ohio silhouette is like a blocker target, but it's a little thinner and it's got a head on top. So a little narrower with a square on the on the top. Like shooting a skinny yep. guy. Okay. A very skinny guy, yeah. Good deal. And so you also mentioned blanks, and I'm guessing you use wax ammo as well. We use, yes. Yeah, we use wax. Uh, so all of all of it is wax other than the uh, a couple of blank contests that we do outdoors. Okay. So tell us about any upcoming events that you have this year. Well, we got eight events this year. They are spread across the... Uh, most of them are in northern Ohio. We do have a couple down in Greenville and New Paris, uh, the Annie Oakley Festival. Uh, we've got a club down there that's the Annie Oakley Fast Draw Club. So they put on two events, one at the Annie Oakley Festival and another one at a gun club down there. But we have, we're doing four up here in Willoughby. And then we have a couple out in the western, northwestern part of the state by Toledo. 
And then we have one out toward the Pennsylvania line uh, in northern Ohio here. So what is, uh, are these titled events in any way? Is there a Ohio State championship? Is there anything like that that happens? Yeah, so everybody gets to pick uh, their, their names. So the, the, the June one is actually a memorial uh, contest for a shooter that had passed away uh, okay. a couple years ago. Um, then we do, um, the June 17th one is just, uh, shoot out the black swamp. Cause that's the black swamp fast draw club. Then we have the Annie Oakley festival on July 29th and 30th. And then we do a North coast nationals here in Willoughby and the North coast nationals. We do some side events on that one that are not sanctioned, but they're more like a fun shoot kind of thing. So we'll do fastest guns alive contest. Uh, we'll do double guns. And then we're working on a new side event where uh, we shoot wax bullets at milk jugs set on a pallet. And first one to knock them off wins. We're working on some some new fun side events. Okay, sounds good. Um, and then... Yeah, and then we uh, then we're back down in New Paris. That one's just uh, uh, at the Gun Club. Then we have the uh, September sixteenth is the shootout in the country. Uh, that's out in Rome, Ohio. And then we're in October. We're doing the Wizen and Company Depot shootout. Uh, so that's here at the well, the Buckeye Rangers headquarters is also out back of the industrial supply company and distillery. And then November 4th is our year end contest. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of activity for the year in Ohio. If you're in the area, sounds like a good time. Is this open to non-members that just randomly show up or will they be able to show up on site and sign up? Do they need to get a hold of you beforehand? Nope. You can show up at any of the contests. Um, if you're if you're not a shooter, you're interested, you can just show up and somebody will talk you through it. Most of the time at the end, we'll put a holster on you and let you give it a try. If you are a shooter and you show up, you can always shoot as a Maverick for a contest. I think it's $25 and you can shoot as a Maverick in a contest one time that year. And how would, uh, how would but, the people go about getting a hold of you if they have any interest in this association? Well, they can either go to our Facebook page, which is OFDA International, or they can go to our website. It is OhioFastDraw.org. So for any of you that were listening just then, that was the sound of a keyboard, which is not something <laughs> you hear much these days. Everything's touchscreen. So uh, let that, we, we try to keep things uh, vintage in, in fast draw world. So we try. Absolutely. Well, yeah. So OhioFastDraw.org will give you all the events. Um, it'll give you the application. Uh, it'll give you all the contact information to reach me. We have a contact us page, so you can send it off, put in any questions you may have. It'll come right to me, and I, I'll respond back to you uh, where the nearest club is or when the next contest is or any questions you have about Fastro. Sounds great. So, I, uh, as I said, I read your rule book uh, earlier in the week or last week. I don't remember. Uh, I just make it a habit of reading r random rule books. And uh, something that caught my attention that I think uh, would m might be fun to talk about a little bit, and you can give me a history of how this has gone, in Article 19, Section 5 of the OFDA Constitution. Yep, that's how thorough I got. The uh, It's mentioned that the OFDA, OFDA could have matches along with other associations. Has this happened? What associations have you shot with? And I'm assuming this is not just fast draw associations. But uh, tell us tell us about combo events possibly that you have had in the past. Well, on, on that one, I was researching that one out. And I will tell you, in the last 15 years, there has not been a co-sanctioned event in the last 15 years at least. Okay. Um, there have been attempts at 
uh, doing some co-sanctioned events. I know there was uh, trying to get together with the American Bastro at one point and things like that. But unfortunately, in the last 15 years, that really hasn't hasn't happened. Is this uh, is this still a possibility? And what would what oh, would your def- ideal scenario be? I, you know, it's definitely a possibility if somebody from another fast draw organization, uh, like Extreme or Cowboy, uh, wanted to have an event in Ohio to, you know, spread the the sport and get some new members and and things like that. We'd be more than happy to co-sanction an event with them. So basically, what occurs is they want to co-sanction it. We'll find a a location. And we'll figure out what set of rules we're going to follow and, you know, work out the logistics and details and and set up an event. Awesome. No, that sounds great. So what are the goals? What are the goals for OFDA here in the future, here in 2023, in the land of yuppies and and, uh, iPhones and things of that sort? How are you you aiming to survive and flourish in this time period? Well, so one of the the, the goals that, that we have for the organization is one, to promote gun safety. So, man, that's always what we want to do is promote gun safety. The second is the advocating for the Second Amendment. Uh, we want to make sure that we have guns so that we can keep doing the sport. The other part is, you know, increased membership. And part of the way we're doing that, again, we went to the one-day events to see if we can bring people in so they weren't spending a whole weekend. They can just spend a Saturday trying it out. The other is, like you mentioned, with the co-sanctioning. He's trying to, to promote it and get some additional organizations in so, you know, they can help us and we can help them. And, and hopefully we can keep the sport alive and, and growing. Uh, and then, you know, this most important thing that I want to do is keep it fun. You know, if, if you're not having fun doing this, what's the point? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is not a this is not a sport you get into to pay your bills. So uh, regardless of what organization you're shooting with, we like to say that fun is mandatory. Absolutely, absolutely required. Sir, do you have anything else you'd like to throw at us today? No, that that's really about it. Like I said, you know, check out the website. I'm happy to answer any questions that you got, and you know, I appreciate the, this opportunity. Absolutely, sir. We appreciate you being on here with us today. And uh, again, if any uh, anybody out there has any interest in the Ohio Fast Draw Association, you can find them at their website. On pretty easy to find with Google, as I've found it while I'm sitting here on my on my fancy iPhone. And you can find them on Facebook. Reach out to them and talk to them. Tony, thank you for being with us today. And folks, we will see you on the next one. Mm-hmm.